Welcome to Brute Facts. Tonight we've got Khalil, formerly known as Justin, from the EA Show. It's going to be a fantastic show. Hang around and see what we got in store. Hello, hello. Welcome, Justin. How's it? I told myself I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> Bill, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm fantastic. How are you, Eddie? Pretty good, pretty good. So, uh, you've had quite a journey. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit of how you went from Christian to atheist to Muslim? That's a, that's a long story. I'll try and sum it up for you guys. <laughs> Uh, so I was born and raised, uh, first off, before I get started, I want to thank you, Eddie, for having me on. Uh, we've been planning this uh, discussion or interview for a couple months now, so I, I, I'm always glad we were able to pinpoint a date, mashallah, and uh, we were able to have this have this conversation. Um, but yeah, so I was born and raised Catholic. Um, I went to a Catholic school, a private, privatized, you know, it was called St. Bartholomew Consolidated School. Um all the way until second grade. Um, in second grade, I ended up having a teacher tell me that if I didn't turn my science homework in, that I was going to be hung by my tongue over fire and brimstone. So as a uh, second grader, scared the living daylights out of me. A couple of those things happened that year to where there were some religious fear-mongering tactics that were used on me, and my mom ended up pulling me out of the school. She said, I'm not paying four grand for my son to get PTSD. So she put me into a regular school, public school, where all the rest of my friends were in the neighborhood. And we ended up, uh, I ended up going to a, a Methodist church um, and hung out there, joined the band, uh, played guitar, um, grew up kind of was like a youth, was in the youth group for a while, kind of helped out with the youth group when I, once I started to get older. Um, and then everybody told me that I was filled with the Holy Spirit and that I needed to go become a preacher. So I was about two months from having all the money I need saved up to ready to go to seminary and, you know, devote my life to, uh, to preaching the word of, of Jesus Christ. And I dove into the Bible and I read some stories in the Bible that I had never heard at the pulpit before. You know, those types of stories, the two bears that come out and maul 42 kids to death and, you know, yeah. um, um, Guy says, hey, God, if you let me win this war, I'll sacrifice the first thing that walks through my door. It ends up being his daughter, things like that. And it kind of kind of set me off. I was like, this this isn't the God that I know. This isn't the God that I've heard at the pulpit. This isn't like what I've like come together with the community to worship something like like this. So I ended up stepping away from Christianity on an emotional level. Now. Now that I'm older and I've studied a lot more um, and I've thought about things logically, that was a horrible reason to leave Christianity. It was all based on emotions. You shouldn't change your position on things, especially the belief in a God based on emotions. I mean, because what's logically impossible about an evil God existing? Just because he doesn't line up with my subjective opinion doesn't mean, therefore, I can say he doesn't exist. So I was yeah, agnostic I, I, for... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think that's something that you and I have seen uh, quite a bit of. And I would agree with you because if it was, you know, if I was to act emotionally, I wouldn't be a theist either. There's mm -hmm. a lot of unanswered questions. So, but Absolutely. go ahead and continue on. Yeah. So I, 
I had become agnostic and eventually was like, hey, I'm an atheist because I'm going to live my life as if I don't believe in God. I mean, I live my life as if there are no gods. Um, and that went on for a while. I think I, I think I was an atheist total for about 12 years. Um, so within the like the last year, starting in like 2020, uh, April, April of no, actually, I've, I've had my show uh, for about almost little little over a year and a half so a year and a half ago i started the ea show which was originally known as the empathetic atheist show um and to where i had discussions with people of all different kinds of beliefs and faiths i i've always been opposed to echo chambers i don't i don't like just sitting around with people that agree with me i want to find the people that don't agree with me and talk about it um and within that i started studying like epistemology. I started studying philosophy, metaphilosophy, how we know what we know, what what is considered justified, you know, when it comes to us holding rational beliefs. And it humbled me. It let me know how much I really didn't know. Um, and through through that journey, I was open-minded and always said multiple times on you can go back in the show and haven't deleted any of those episodes when I was an atheist. And, uh, and I always said, I'm open-minded to changing my position. If something convinces me otherwise, I'm not afraid to actually change. I'm not afraid to drop everything and say, hey, this is no longer rational. This seems more rational. I'm going with this position. And about six months ago, I did exactly that because I had discussions with uh, many different people, um, most mostly uh, – Recent, most recently, uh, was the tussle between myself and the guys from the, the Thought Adventure podcast. So, Jake, the Muslim metaphysician, Brother Sharif, Abdul Rahman, um, you know, Hanif, Hatim, like some of these, some of these Muslims that I've been talking to, um, and they were just philosophically devouring people, atheists, Christians, Jews, all kinds of different worldviews that are just just tearing them apart. And as the atheist, as at this point in time, the hard atheist making the positive claim that it's impossible for God to exist. Uh, I said, I'm going to bring these guys down a few pegs, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to teach these Muslims a lesson. I'm going to put them back in their lane so they can just be on their merry way and believe what they believe. Well, unfortunately, after a year and a half, I was shown how wrong my position was and how I couldn't show them to be wrong whatsoever. Um, so being the open-minded person that I said I was going to be, I dropped my worldview that seemed incoherent and picked up the one that was. That was, um, I would say, extremely intellectually honest. Um, what would you say to those who would say, man, he seems to kind of change his worldview a lot, just given the story? Um, which I do recognize. I mean, I think you said 12 years. That's a long time to be an atheist. Mm -hmm. uh, so if those if those people are out there who's under the illusion that you just jumped at the first one you thought made sense, what would your response to them be? Absolutely not. So the process that I went through to get to from atheism to theism was strictly a philosophical process had nothing to do with the personal experience. I didn't see some magical crap happening in front of my face. If I did, I would have checked myself into a hospital and said, Hey, there's something wrong with me. Somebody gave me some bad food. I don't know. Somebody shot me up with some heroin when I was sleeping or something. I don't know, but <laughs> something would have been wrong with me. Um, so I kept, uh, I, I remembered how I left Christianity on an emotional basis. And I said, I'm not doing that again. I'm oh. going to look at things logically. I'm going to put the things out in front of the table. And as much as I possibly can take my biases and put them to the side, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to try to be as least biased as I possibly can be. And I read more and more and more on epistemology. And that let me know that I could hold reasonable beliefs without empirical evidence. Like, I won't go into it in depth. You guys can check out my channel and see me discussing exactly this process with other atheists on Discord. Eddie's been there for it before. But, like, the law of logic, or, or not the laws of logic, like the law of identity. I mean, that's a rational belief that we both hold. I think every human being holds universally without any empirical evidence whatsoever. So if that's something that we can hold without empirical evidence, then I would have to drop empiricism from, from my bowl of labels 
Um, and when I did that, I saw some of these arguments in a different light. Yeah, I was going to say you actually went right into where the next question was going to be because I, I, I've heard you talk about you know the issue with epistemology, uh, with not all atheists, but you know uh, at least a good number of the ones that you and I have been around. Um, what would you say, given just you don't have to go deep into it, but the biggest issue with the epistemology is that you see. I, I find that it's hard to have a conversation with somebody, a very good, fruitful conversation, if we don't have a concrete standards of evidence that we agree upon. Because if we don't, we will continually be talking past each other. So what what is reasonable to say this could be true? Or this is reasonable to hold a warrant, warranted belief or a justified belief in? If we don't have the same standards equally, I'm not comfortable moving forward with the conversation. So what, what would be your response to, we just have different standards of evidence? Cause I know I've heard that a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So, well, I would ask what those standards are. I would, I would ask at a minimum, do you hold the modal logic? Do you dismiss things that are logically impossible? Do you believe that true contradictions actualize, actualize in reality? If you do, then I'm going to shake your hand and say, have a nice day. Yeah, I, I think that a well-thought-out, uh, rational position is not too much to ask for. And that's not saying only theists have that. Not at all saying that. I know quite a few who don't have that. Uh they love magic words like faith and, yeah. you know, things <laughs> kind of keep them comfortable where they're at. People, it, it's I, I have a lot of respect for you uh, because I've been through a deconstruction. And questioning your own worldview is, it, to be quite honest, can be scary. You know, everything that you know or you think you know just comes tumbling around you. And it's you have to kind of build it back up from there. What makes sense? What doesn't make sense? So how long were you uh, talking with this group? And I know a lot of the guys you're talking about, they're extremely philosophically intellectual. It's uh, very impressive, uh, as are most Muslims that I converse with. That's what, one thing I love about Islam is the encouragement of philosophy. Uh, so was this like a couple of months, uh, six, seven months, eight months, a year? How long were you discussing from, from this? What I can gather, it was between eight months and a year. I always typically send extend to the low low end just to not overshoot myself and say that we were talking for a year. We were talking for at least eight months. Um, going through mostly, I would say, seven, seven and a half out of those eight months was going through the philosophical arguments to get you to the general belief in a, in a, in a God. And the, the definition of God that I got out of it was just a conglomeration of all the entailments of these arguments put together in a specific manner. So definition of God to me is a causal principle that is necessary, that is intelligent and used its free will to create and sustain what exists now. So having to adopt a lot of practices that takes a lot more time out of your day than before, how is that how has that transition been? It's honestly not been too bad. I mean I take seven minutes five times out of my day to to go to my prayer rug and do my prostrations, do my prayers. Um, alcohol wasn't really a hard thing for me to give up. I, I mean, I, I drank beer every now and then. I had fun with it, but um, my drinking days were back in the army. So I mean, I, I got I got kids to take care of. I got a wife. I'm I'm kind of like grown up and just calm down. So not worried about that. Uh, I was never really big on bacon. I mean, it was okay. 
but uh, <laughs> oh come on, <laughs> Khalil. Uh, no, what, what I what I really do miss is some biscuits and gravy. That oh, that that's my jam. <laughs> that's my jam. Um, you mean biscuits and pork gravy, obviously, like sausage well, gravy. Yeah, yeah, sausage gravy, the white yeah. sausage gravy. Oh my gosh. Mm. Oh, black pepper gravy is pretty good. Yeah, white I mean, I, I was thinking of using like turkey sausage or something like that. There you go. Yeah. Um, but then again, I have to get halal turkey sausage uh, because it's not just pork that I can't eat. I can't really eat any meat unless it's, it's not halal, halal meat. Halal. Right. All right. I and forgot about honestly, that. Honestly. If, if most of your viewers are uh, um, like from the atheist community, I know I know you gained a lot of friends in the atheist community, like with uh, with the, with uh, Tang, uh, and then uh, a lot of people do like you uh, from from the atheist side of things, which I think is cool. But a lot of those people are sitting there listening to uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Dan from um, Objectively Dan mm-hmm. uh, from from Truth Wanted. Um, and he is a vegan. And the reason why he's a vegan is because of how animals are treated in factory farming. Upon other reasons, but that's one of the main contentions. And um, me and my wife, before I became a Muslim, we were we were talking about going vegan, going vegetarian or vegan, because we weren't going to be paying these companies to be treating these animals the way that they do. Mm-hmm. So my wife actually got a benefit out of my uh, conversion, or I would say reversion. Um, but now we buy meat to where the animal was raised, not in a cruel manner, was not slaughtered in front of other animals. Other animals were not slaughtered in front of it, and it's fresh. We don't have to drain the grease from the ground beef. We don't have all the preservatives and all that stuff that you pick up from meat from Walmart. It's so fresh. It tastes so much better. Um, and anybody who has a halal market around them can do that and still eat meat without having to pay these factory farms for their for their cruelty of animals. Isn't so in Judaism, wouldn't kosher meat be the same thing? Yep. I can that's that's what I thought. Yeah. So they're raised for a specific purpose mm-hmm. and treated a specific way and then killed in a humane way. Um, and it doesn't have all of the antibiotics and, and all of these different uh, shots that we give them. And mm-hmm. I believe it, it's by, I won't say exactly how, but basically bleeding them out, which mm-hmm. is done very quickly. Is that, that's what's considered halal? Yep. That's what I thought. Yeah. They said we had a pe- couple of people in the uh, audience that uh, was wondering exactly what halal was. So oh, look at this. We got superstars showing up over here. I'll be speaking with him, I think, maybe <laughs> Saturday or Sunday. Oh, sweet. I'll yeah. definitely be checking that out. Derek's one of my favorite. Uh, so on that, um, how did having to do the prayers and things and then the mm-hmm. sudden identification, how did your friends and family and work react to that? My work said, don't get me on the news. <laughs> uh, <laughs> called my boss well my boss actually watches my channel so he called me up one day i really didn't make a big deal out of it you know i just put my prayer mat i got an extra prayer mat that i take in the truck with me and stop at a park during the day whenever it's time for dutter um and i and i just pray secluded in the park i just find my and i just go about my day and he called me he was like hey bro seems like you uh been making some changes lately and i was like yeah <laughs> And I'm like, uh, I, I promise I won't, you know, blow anybody's house up or anything like that. And he's like, just don't get me on the news. And I was like, we'll do. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. Oh, I, but uh, I take that friend, stuff kind of serious. I don't know. You, you handled that pretty well. I would have, I'd have probably been a little more, you know, what, what are you talking about, man? Why are you, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I, I have to, so there's this saying that don't attribute malice to a situation to where you can attribute ignorance. So that's I, a, I just don't think that he understood that that would have been something that was like insulting. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. I guess 
we all do need to kind of lighten up, but some things just seem to be over the line. It just, you know, <laughs> no, I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. So, uh, being so white and <laughs> blue eyed and red beard, mm-hmm. how are you in public? How do people treat you when you're wearing your hat? What do you call the hat? It's called a kufi. Kufi. When you're wearing your kufi and your shirt. Yeah, it's, it's called a it's called a thobe. Thobe, okay. It, it's yeah. actually it's actually pajamas technically, but uh, I mean I I don't sleep in this because I hate sleeping in collared shirts. I don't know why they're pajamas. Oh, but, yeah, that's yeah. In, that's insane. That's mm-hmm. that, that's blasphemous. But yeah, so I typically wear this when I'm like on other people's channels or during the weekend. If I make a trip to the mosque, I'll like go to the mosque once a week because um, it's not like obligatory for you to go to the mosque but i i go there because one my mosque is a beautiful place uh it's big it's 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 got a whole education center it's got a school attached to it like an islamic school um so it's 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 a very very good mosque and it's uh it's actually giving me free uh lessons every 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 sunday at noon um we meet up and go through like a like a baby muslim class oh okay so they they teach you about the Quran and the basics. Uh, yeah. Basic belief, basic this and that. And it's weird for me because I'm starting off knowing the intricacies. I know right. the philosophical arguments to get there and how to how to show, you know, how it's reasonable to believe that, that the God of Islam exists. But now I'm going back and looking at the stuff that you learn when you're three years old. I'm learning yeah. how to read and write Arabic and how to speak Arabic. And I had to learn some Arabic before I could even pray properly. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know a little bit of Arabic. One, two, three, four. No. <laughs> For those that don't know, our numbers come from <laughs> our yeah. Arabic. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's my dad joke for the day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what after or as you're making this transition did you spend any time on comparing christianity to it and what was it that made you decide if you did islam over christianity islam over christianity okay <laughs> go for it baby all right so I, I've been doing a lot of studying, and I probably should be studying more on the basics of my own religion, but I have been putting a lot of work and study into Christology. And it's a good, this is a good place to say, if we're going to be, and this is for anybody, if we're going to be going online and having, quote unquote, debates, don't read an article or watch a David Wood video or Sam Shamoon video and say, I'm running with this and go right to Discord and start telling people that they're wrong. Find out what the other person believes. Study what they believe. If you really do want to try and refute it or you do want to understand it, I think that understanding should be the main goal. And once you understand it and you still have problems with it, then build an argument to refute it. Um, don't just walk into a room because I, for, for me, and I, I, I've heard Jake say it before, and even some other people that, like like John Fisher, he's my Catholic friend. Like, he, it's so frustrating when somebody comes in and they think they have a knockdown, drag out argument. And it, it's just some elementary nonsense that we've heard a thousand times before. And, it, and it's almost insulting to the people that do put the time into it. No, so, I agree. with that being said, I've done some studying on Christology. I've learned about the Eucanemical councils. I've learned about the Eastern Orthodox, uh, Christian, uh, Catholic Orthodox, um, Protestant views, the multiple different, you know, you have Latin Trinitarianism, relative identity Trinitarianism. Um, uh, you have uh, modalism, you have social Trinitarianism, partialism, all these other models of God to which most people just believe, well, you're a Christian, well, you have this one view of the Trinity. And then they try and run with it. But through the studies, I've, I've, I've found that most of the time people hold to an orthodox view. So my issue with the orthodox view is that most of the time, um, there's the seven statements. I'm sure everybody's seen the triangle before to where it's 
It's, you know, got God in the middle. It's got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then there's the is and is nots. Um, so the statement would be Father, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. The Father is not the Son. The Father is not the, uh, the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. There is exactly one God. So within that, if you make the statement of identity saying that everything about the Father is exactly the same as everything about God, and you would say the same thing about the Son and the Holy Spirit, it would logically follow that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will all be identical to each other. So, and, and I think that's why a lot of people, even William Lane Craig, who's one of the most renowned Christian philosophers of our day, he he rejects the Nicene Creed. He rejects uh, the Orthodox view and holds to a partialistic view. Um, and me and you have talked about this before, um, about about how yeah. this all comes together. Um, but there's there's like that. And there's so much more nuance to that, that if people don't look at Jake's channel or look at my interactions with uh, with certain people uh, like on Discord, you'll never understand it. And most of the time when you do see those interactions, we only get we only scratch the surface. There's so much more nuance deeper down below that most of the time we never even get to. Right. Um so there's issues that I have with the incarnation. There's issues that I have with uh, atonement and divine simplicity. Multiple different issues, whatever route you want to go down, um, I have issues with it. But I, that's not just issues that I watched some, you know, Muhammad Hijab video and was like, I'm going to run with this. No, like this is actually understanding what the positions are, what the people believe, and in trying to formulate my contentions that I have without misrepresenting anybody. All right. And that's respectable. Yeah. It's, um, I have my own issues, you know, as we've talked about mm -hmm. before. So, um, I, you know, I just, I'm still searching, trying to find, you know, where I land in this circle of truth, you know, if it will, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so, I gotta ask how how is how has the wife handled it? Well, a lot better than I thought. At first, oh, wow. she was scared shitless. She really was. She was freaking out, and and she's like, "Okay, um, so you're Muslim now. So what does that mean about me? Are you gonna make me do this and make me wear a hijab and, and what's all that?" And with Islam, it's Islam means to submit to the one true God, submit to Allah. My wife is not able to become a Muslim, or I can't just make her a Muslim because her husband is. She has to get there on her own way, through her own path, and truly, intentionally, with her through her own intention, submit to Allah. Um, so I don't push that on her. I don't push that on any of my kids. My daughter is a Christian. My 14-year-old daughter is a Christian. Uh, and my other kids, they're, they're just not old enough for me to teach them about religion yet. Um, I, we raise our kids in a secular manner. Um, my wife was an atheist, um, but I've kind of presented some of these arguments that convinced me. And she's to general theism now. She's to a god, a creator who's intelligent, doesn't have free will, though. I'm wow. still fighting that. I'm still fighting God <laughs> and us having free will. Yeah. Well, I, th I think that's a heck of a hill to climb anyways, is because I, I just, even if I rejected Christianity, even if I rejected, you know, Islam, if I rejected all of these, I would still be, you know, a general theist or, mm -hmm. or a deist or something. I just, to me, these fundamental, um, philosophical or metaphysical arguments are just convincing to me. You know, I find myself convinced by them, which uh, other than the Kalam, because that's every Muslim's favorite argument. <laughs> what other arguments do you find convincing? So the arguments that I specifically went through was in a very, like I said, a very specific manner. First, you get the grounding for epistemology. That's I would say the most crucial part when speaking to somebody that doesn't believe. Um, if they want to go to scripture, I don't, I don't talk about the Quran with non-believers with atheists. I, I, if you don't believe in God, there's no need to speak about my book. 
that's like me saying, Eddie, there's a Hamajababab coming over to your house to kill your whole family, right? And 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 I'm going to be like, let's talk about what he's going to do when he gets there. Well, you're going to be like, hold on, wait a second. I don't really care what he's going to do. First, I need to figure out if he even exists before we talk about the actions of this, whatever this thing is, right? So if an atheist doesn't even have the belief in God, I don't really think it's fruitful to entertain going through the Quran with him. We're going to talk about what this God does that you don't even believe in. So epistemology at, at bare minimum standards of evidence need to be the same across the board, right? From there, we go to the Kalam. And when I give my rendition of these arguments, I do not give a rendition of knowledge claims, absolute knowledge claims at all. I say, I want to know what you think is reasonable to believe. So, like, for example, I say it's reasonable to believe that things that begin to exist have causes for their existence. You might come across most of the time the meteorological nihilist that believes that everything is just a label and that matter and energy is the only thing that exists. Fine, cool. This phone right here. As a completed object, whether you think it's conceptual or not, did this completed object begin to exist at some point in time? Yes. Was there a cause for that? Using inductive reasoning from what you've observed in your reality, is there is it reasonable to believe that everything that we've seen being a completed object, whether it's natural or artificial man-made, it all has a cause for its existence? I believe, I believe that, and, and I'm sure you know what a PSR is, a principle of sufficient mm-hmm. reason. Premise one of the Kalam is a PSR. So yeah. you go through the Kalam, um, you, you make arguments for that. I won't go through each argument in its entirety. But once you get the Kalam, which most of the time it takes me about 10 minutes to get an atheist who previously said the Kalam is garbage. It takes me about 10 minutes for to get that atheist to say, okay, I like the way you put it. All right. All right. Let's move to the next one. Go to the contingency argument. Now that the universe has a cause, we need to figure out what this cause is. So we go to the contingency argument to say, hey, we have contingent objects that exist in our reality. Right. And they all have causes because we hold to a PSR. We have an infinite regress we need to figure out now. How do we deal with this infinite regress? Well, it seems logical or reasonable to believe that infinite regresses have not been observed and do not actualize in reality. It works math on mathematics. It's fine on paper, looks good on paper, but we've never actually, you know, seen this in reality. We've never been able to show how it's even possible in reality. So there needs to be something that's necessary, something that's self-sufficient, that doesn't need any type of cause or explanation. Um, it's, it's a necessary being. Now, a lot, it scares a lot of people a lot of atheists who don't, don't know what being is defined as in philosophy. Being is not an entity, not some guy with a beard in the sky. Being just means existence. A rock is being. Um, so you get right. to that necessary being. And then you have an argument for intelligence. And you no. propose an argument for free will. Like we have a, a lot of people like to say, I heard a lot, hear a lot of Christians say, um, that God created or actualized the best possible universe. And it kind of racks my brain to think about that. Like, yeah, that's, there's no such thing. What's, what's yeah. the difference <laughs> morally? What's the difference between a uni- this universe right here and a universe where Eddie has one less hair on his beard? What about the hair next to that? What if that one was the one that was gone and there's another universe? Now, we could do that for every single hair on your beard, every hair on my beard, every leaf on the tree outside. How many possible universes are with arbitrary changes can we add up? Now, explain to me how this universe was actualized without something choosing it. Right. No, I agree with you. Yeah, that's... uh, Well, not only that, when we talk about best possible anything, it's kind of like you know, dealing with infinities, it's, Mm -hmm. you can always add one more to it. You can always add one more. You can always add something else to make it better. You know, that's why I, you know, listening to different philosophers talk about feasibility and not possibility. 
you know, what's what's more feasible or what isn't. Uh, even if one disagrees with that, I think they can agree more than talking about best possible because yeah. that just seems to bring on a whole slew of questions behind it. So I take a different angle on the infinite regress. Um, uh, if you're, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Josh Rasmussen. Mm-hmm. Um, he even grants that, you know, infinite regress is a possibility, but it doesn't explain anything. There's no explanatory power to an infinite regress because you have one turtle that explains the other turtle that explains the other turtle that explains the other turtle, but nothing explains all the turtles. Mm-hmm. You know, we just keep getting turtles going. Yeah. All the way down. It's like you, you can hold to the possibility of an infinite regress, but you're not explaining anything. You're just going one level back each time. Just kicking the can, kicking the can down the road. Yeah, but ultimately, I would agree with you. I mean, you just you can't actualize an infinity. Mm-hmm. You know, you tell somebody to take off walking an infinite amount of steps, they'll never stop. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't half a distance by half every single time. Mm-hmm. You'll never stop halving the distance. We yeah, may I, get to I the end of our the, measurement. I use the analogy: you take the number ten divided by two. You take five, which is or, or the, the, you know, the entailment of what 10 divided by 2 is, you divide that number by 2. And you keep dividing that number by 2. You'll never get to 0. Yep. 0 would be this moment right now. And each division that you do would be every moment that preceded us in the past when it comes to, like, an infinite universe. Right. How many, how many moments needed to, or series of causes and effects needed to happen to get to this moment right now an infinite how right. would we ever get to now yeah absolutely i had uh <coughs> i had a guy that was talking to me when we were talking about infinites and he said well you know i don't know if it was set theory or which which part of math or philosophical concept it was but between each number lies an infinity and i'm like and, you know, people were agreeing with them because I guess it's some kind of concept. I'm not a mathematician. So uh, it is a general concept and some type of math. And I was like, wait a minute, but you have two demarcation points you're starting with in between each number. There can be an infinite amount of space yeah. or an infinite number of anything. If you have a starting point and an ending point, that's not what an infinity is. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing the mind games that people will go through to try to justify an infinite regret or just an, an infinite existing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times they do that because they know if they concede to a specific point that they'll be trapped and they'll have to admit another point and then another point. So, like, like for example, like um, when Aaron Ra went and spoke with uh, the, te- the 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 brothers at the Tap Show, uh, he started the episode off by saying, "Okay, the topic is could a necessary being exist? No, it's literally impossible." And I quote, "Literally impossible for a necessary being to exist." Well, by the end of it, he was educated enough by the brothers to know that matter and energy could be the necessary being, and he's like, "Oh." Well, okay, matter and energy could be that necessary being. So I think it, it, it all comes down to just educating yourself and understanding what these terms mean. There's a lot of cringe words in atheism. Faith, you know, um, um, necessary being. There, there's a lot of words that just, yeah. just ugh, ugh, makes you shake and, and as an atheist. So I believe that we need to try and we need to try and meet them where they are, like find some common ground and say, Hey, I don't mean necessary being as in this. I mean, as in like necessary existence an existence that couldn't be any other way. And that has to be in every possible universe. Right. So what is your, what has been the general reaction to talking to um, former atheists when you talk to them about the things that convinced you? talking to former atheists so people that used to be atheists 
and, and no, talking to no, no. <laughs> talking to your former atheist friends. Oh, uh, okay, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, with, about so, what convinced you? Some of them are still my friends. Um, I still have a lot of them. Now, there's a lot of people that didn't take my conversion very well, and I got some pretty nasty messages and whatever. It, it really? Is it is. It's in, yeah, I I think I received three death threats. What? Mm-hmm. For just converting? Mm-hmm. Wow. But I thought atheists weren't monolithic. I thought they I were thought humanists. They, yeah, and yeah. Well, I don't know if uh, I think that a lot of them w- would say they are mm-hmm. and probably are. I, I know quite a few. Yeah, I know quite a few that wouldn't even call themselves a humanist. <laughs> they're, they're pretty Let's open about say- it. I won't name anybody specifically, but let's just say one of those names was somebody who was in the live chat when I had Dave Warnock on, um, the guy who's dying out loud. Yeah, uh, he's, he's got that show dying out loud and he goes around yeah. and is a speaker. Well, he came on uh, and I interviewed him and he said that his family, you know, when, when he came home one day, he said, hey, honey, kids, I, I don't believe in God. Well, she packed up, divorced him, took the kids, left him, completely cut him out of their life. There was this person that was in the chat that was saying, that is so wrong. How dare she do that? She should not do that. You know, just because he doesn't believe in the same thing that she does, um, then that that he needs to be cut out of their life. And you need to stop associating with somebody just because they have a different belief than you. Well, that same person, Uh when I converted, messaged me and said, because you are now Muslim, I am no longer interacting with you. I'm no longer associating with you. And I just, the hypocrisy just screamed. Why? Wow. Like, weren't you the person in the chat of Dave Warnock's telling his wife how much of a piece of crap she was for doing exactly what you're doing right now? <sighs> Some people's children, man. Mm-hmm. Just makes you wonder. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know the, you you got to have integrity man if you're going to if people are going to say these things and live by these things then uh i mean live by it you know don't just say it live by it, it it's it's amazing how many people we have today that uh you know the, and i don't mean to pick on my atheist brothers and sisters but you know there's a lot of well we don't care what you believe we don't care about this we don't care about that and then something like this happens and then we find out they really do care Mm. you know that's it's it rubs them wrong or something like that it just and i don't i don't understand it but as far as that aspect goes i mean has pretty much everything blown over or do Mm. you still yeah. Things have calmed down. I mean, I, I don't really receive any like hate mail anymore or hate messages. Um, I'll go to post like an upcoming video and you know, on Facebook somewhere in a Facebook group, like you you've seen them before. I, I post upcoming videos and I'll just I'll just you know post it in like firebrand atheist group on Facebook. And instead of being like, oh, looking forward to the show or I gotta go to work, it's pedophile sympathist. Come on, dude! Wow. Like, really? What the? F- oh, man. <laughs> so I still no. get those. It's it still seems like there's a lot of people that are still angry or resentful over the conversion. But I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I don't hold any grudges or hard feelings. They they feel how they feel, and they're entitled to that. Well, I, I can tell you from my experience, um, and this is just this is purely anecdotal. But I have had several relationships with uh, different atheists that have ended over trivial things. Mm -hmm. And it's like no effort whatsoever. Just, okay, we're just going to write you off, you know, and I'm just like, how could you? So this is something I've, I've never experienced from any theist friends. Any, I mean, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say, this has not ever happened to me 
before. So I wasn't sh- still dealing with one of them now. You know, it was a really close relationship and literally just psh, chopped it off, you know, and won't talk to me or anything. And I'm and I'm just like, is there something with the. Sorry about that. Rookie mistake. Uh, <laughs> is there something about an atheist mindset that allows them to do, I mean, like, uh, like I said, it's purely anecdotal and I'm not trying to paint all atheists that way, but it mm. seems to be the only time I've had an issue in relationships uh, with people cutting me off is been with an atheist. Is that mm. something that you've experienced or? I mean, I've experienced with it all kind with all kinds of people though. Yeah. Um, Mostly, mostly with atheists uh, when it comes to cutting off. But then again, I had the YouTube show that that most of my viewers were atheists. So I, I, I think I retained most of them. I mean, I didn't really see like a dip in viewership or anything like that. Um, I was expecting me to my show to just fall and crumble into pieces. Just the minute that I said, hey, I'm not an atheist anymore that it was just going to fall and just crumble to the ground. Um, SubhanAllah, the exact opposite happened. Um, it's My show has prospered. took me about a year to get my first 1,000 subscribers uh, as an atheist, and after my 1,000 is when I converted to Islam. Just soon after, I had like 1,050 or 1,060 subscribers. And now, s- six months later... I'm pushing 3,000. So I've gained almost double what took me a year to get in six months. Um, and I, I'm not sure if it's the Muslim crowd is larger on YouTube or, or what the deal is. But um, I think I might be having more analytic, more um, academic conversations instead of, you know, I, I think my first episode was divine hiddenness and how, because I can't see God, I don't believe in him. Like, yeah. Those arguments. That's how I, that's, I always go back to that first episode and I listen to that podcast and I'm like, come a long way. <laughs> a long way. Yeah. I, I've looked at some of my older ones. I've only been at it about a, I don't even know if it's been a full year. And I look at mine and I'm just like, oh, so cringe. Mm-hmm. So cringe. But mm-hmm. so it's time for some hard questions now. Let's do it. What did you have to give up any desserts? Any desserts? No. Okay, no. sweet. Banana pudding or pie? Which one? Oh, um, depends on what kind of pie. Oh, I see. I just said pie because none of them should have come close to banana pudding, but <laughs> <laughs> what kind of pie are you thinking? Um, so I, I do a good pumpkin pie. Um, I do a good apple pie. Um, I do uh, like banana pudding, though. I really do. I don't yeah, know if I'd uh, be able to make the decision. I'm a sucker for banana pudding. My my grandmother, I thought, made the perfect banana pudding for many, many years. And that was like the staple, awesome dessert that we looked for at Thanksgiving and everything. And then my wife took it up a notch. She makes banana cream pudding. And, oh. Man, I could sit and eat the whole bowl and hate myself afterwards, but love every minute of it. Yeah. You do know that they make banana cream pie, right? Yeah, it's not as good. <laughs> it's, I, it just, there's something, uh, you know, my wife makes the best banana pudding I've ever had. And my grandmother doesn't watch this show, so I can say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if she did, I might have to lie. Mm-hmm. But apple pie, you gotta have. It's got to be warm, and you gotta have vanilla ice mm-hmm. cream. Yep, yep. That's warm apple pie, um, vanilla ice cream. That's yes, yes. So you seem like a heavy metal guy to me. Mm-hmm. Are you? Used, used, to of, used to be. Oh, do you have to give up heavy metal, or you just don't listen? Oh, give up the heavy metal that I listen to. Oh no! Well, hey, I've heard some Christian metal that's uh, it's pretty 
pretty heavy and hard, but uh um so as I lay dying, that's that's a good Christian yeah, band. Yeah, they were Christian. I don't know if you knew that, yeah. but they they're yeah, they're yeah I know they are. I've got I've got them on my uh have you ever heard of these guys before? Wretched white, white white chapel. White chapel, no. I yeah, maybe I have. Did like Check death metal or black metal yeah it's it's my it's it's the it's my favorite metal band but i don't listen to them anymore because they are very very anti-god anti-religious uh yeah and then well big lamb of god fan also fan also oh wow yeah lamb of god rocks uh i i don't have any qualms with the anti-god metal and stuff because I believe in people being able to express themselves, you know, but I don't, I'm not a fan of it myself. If it's just blatantly anti-God, I just, mm-hmm. you know, I see it from one side. I understand the angst and the anger and, you know, the, but then there's another side that they're trying to make money off of being controversial, you know, and it's just, commercialization so mm-hmm. what do you listen yeah. to now um so i still listen to a lot of tool um oh, tool rocks when it comes to like numa and lateralis yeah. uh, people don't know how philosophical tool is oh yes and how like as as a musician myself how they actually tie in like the fibonacci sequence mm-hmm. is tied into the number of beats, the number of words in each verse um, when it comes to lateralis, if there's a whole documentary on it to where they, they give you the exact, you know, um, black, then white are all I see. So you have yeah. the one, three, five, eight, eight, five, three, one, like the, the verses line up, the beats in the song line up, and it's it's just absolutely insane. So I listen just to don't- that. Just don't listen to the other bands. Uh, the from, the oh, what was it? Uh, a perfect circle. Perfect circle. And, yeah, yeah. And they then Judith yeah, and... yeah. And there's another one. Well, I guess as being a Muslim, it uh, it doesn't matter about the anti Christianity that. Yeah, but yeah. it talks about. Um... Oh, did you email me? He emailed me. Um, it never talks about. Um... No, they they talk about Jesus in that song. So I mean, obviously, I yeah. still. I still, still believe a prophet. in Jesus. Yeah. So peace be upon yeah. him. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. What about hip hop? Listen to a, a hip hop Tech Nine. Tech. Oh man, I love me some Tech Nine. Tech man. Nine, some Ritz. Um, yeah. Old school Eminem. Old Eminem. I don't like the new stuff, yeah. but some some of the new stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm an old school Eminem guy too. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, um, I was when they had when he had that whole beef with uh with what's his face, um, Machine uh, Gun Kelly. Oh yeah, yeah. MGK, he, yeah. He, I was totally on MGK's side because MGK had I thought his song was like really really good, and uh and that kill shot with Eminem was just like. No, nah, he okay. sent that boy. He sent that boy to school. I, I, I <laughs> soon after listening to it more and more and putting my biases to the side. Yeah, you know, for MGK, I was like, yeah, Eminem rocked him. Yeah, he he said, yeah, he he set him down and said, here, let me show you how it's done. <laughs> yeah. and, but that's the thing about it. That's the thing about him, though, is you got the first time and even the second time, you might not catch everything that's there. Mm-hmm. You know, because his word plays on a whole different level. It's, you know, there's been stuff I heard later on that I'd heard 15 times before. And I'm like, oh, oh, I just I just got that part, you know, because he's just he, he's that uh, talented. So. Yeah, so we, mostly, we, mostly I listen to like uh, I don't really listen to music that often. Um, if I'm in my truck, I'm either on Clubhouse in a call on Facebook in a call debating or discussing thing religion with people, or I'm watching a, a video on philosophy, or a video on Christology, or you know a, a video on Islam, or I'm listening to Quranic recitations. 
because those are yeah. even when I was an atheist, those were beautiful to listen to. Yeah. Well, I like uh, I I read uh, the Quran now. I mean, I read because I I love. That's what I was. You know, I was talking to um, uh, Doctor Price about on my show. Even if I wasn't a Christian anymore, I wouldn't stop reading the Bible. I love the literature. I love the beauty. I love the, uh, you know, the today. The, there's just something about that ancient beauty and literature. You know, it just to me, it's it's just captivating. It, it how smart and how artistic they were with their writings at the time is just something that I super appreciate. Mm-hmm. So we got that you hate you're you're a banana pudding hater, you're a metal music hater, and you're a Christian hater, and you're an mm. atheist. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Why I, hope I-, somebody, I hope somebody didn't catch catches only the last part of that, and they would go, "I knew it, I knew it." <laughs> just clip that little part out. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah. Let me. I'm gonna edit that out. So now. Khalil, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's been a blast. I have learned a lot, and uh, I knew a lot about you, but hearing you talk to me about it, mm-hmm. it kind of gives me that uh, validation. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if anybody, if anybody's wives are acting up, you can get a hold of me, and, uh, <laughs> and, and you can order a bag of mushwicks, uh, which <laughs> these are these are the things that you can use to beat your wife with. That's a it's yeah. a misconception, but that's a no, joke. These, these these really are actually like Arabic toothbrushes. That's that's what they what they actually if, use. If for people who who don't get it, that's a joke about Islam. That uh, so I will tell you this: <laughs> if it was true or it wasn't true, my wife is Italian, so they have this rule. <laughs> they have this rule: whatever you hit them with, you get hit with something twice as big. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> if it's a toothbrush. She's going to hit me with a two by four. Mm. <laughs> That's the way it's going to go. Yep. Thanks, brother, man. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to see everybody out of here. That's it, baby. Khalil. That was fun. I enjoyed talking with him, hearing about his journey. We've been, uh, I'd like to say friends for quite a while now. And, um, if you you know what actually he's not going anywhere khalil you're coming back get ready to come back plug your stuff ah cool. <laughs> thank you okay so uh i have uh a youtube channel called the ea show like i said previously it was empathetic atheist obviously i'm not an atheist anymore so it stands for exploring arguments but you can find me on youtube uh i have discussions with all kinds of different people. I have, uh, I have very interesting people on. Just the other day, we, we had a discussion with Sheikh Uthman Ibn Farouk, who is a uh, he's got a PhD in Hadith sciences. Uh, so I had a discussion with him over the age of Aisha. We go over like contentious subjects like that, try and bring some clarity to maybe some of the misconceptions that we have. Uh, talk about Christianity, the atonement, Trinity, incarnation. Uh, talk about consciousness and and how materialism doesn't solve the problem and how materialism itself is problematic. Um, It's a call-in show we have every single Saturday. Um, And then I do little uploads during the week whenever I go on and I, and I find some atheist who's uh, or Christian who's, who's puffing his chest out and and we gotta, we gotta take him to school a little bit and and take those videos and upload them just so you guys can see the interaction that I have with people and, and, you know, that I'm still that nice guy that's willing to hear people out, you know, and have those discussions. But you can find me in any of my videos. All of my contact information is always in the description. So if you ever want to get a hold of me and come on the show, we can do we can do a discussion. We can kind of like Eddie and I did here. We could talk about a specific topic if you'd like. You guys can get a hold of me there. But uh, but if you just type in the EA show in the search bar of YouTube, uh, it'll pop up. All right, sweet. I appreciate that. And now you're gone for real this time. See you. <laughs> I'm glad he was still back there. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's been fantastic. I had a good time. We will definitely a lively chat going on. Uh, 
some people getting some things off their chest. I do want you to know that we have moderators that will get rid of comments if you're not being charitable. I don't mind people having little small debates or things like that, but we won't tolerate talking bad about other people. That's not what this show is for. That's not what the chat is for. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Also, I'm looking. I've got uh, some new Patreon subscribers, and I'm looking for a few more. I just want to get enough to fund everything that is required to run the show. I'm not here to make money off of it. And if you feel like this show is fun to you, entertainment, or you benefit in any way, consider and doing just maybe $5 a month or something like that. Get yourself a free t-shirt. Thank you everybody for hanging out. Have a good one. I'll talk to you guys later.